Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Coltside Radio's Late Night Movie. Enjoy as your two glorious hosts, Carl Caper and Stephen M. Ronquillo, bring you the best in cinematic quality and rarity and lost gems that you should see more. So, let's get this show started. And tonight, feature is...
I haven't seen this in, 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 in well over 40 years. So this will be new to me uh, in a lot of ways. But I remember watching it on HBO. I'm just friggin' loving this film. It's a wonderful film. Back to you, Steve. you know much of the history before you got into the movie, what it was about? Yeah, I did know. I did know. My dad, uh, back in the 40s uh, and late 30s, uh, he was in Pittsburgh, and he, he loved the Pirates, but he also would go to the Homestead Grades, which was the Negro League team in Pittsburgh, they, the Homestead PA which is a suburb of Pittsburgh. Uh, and uh, he told me about going to those games and, and, and loving it. So, yeah. Yeah, I knew a bit. I knew some of the players, uh, uh, particularly Satchel Page. He told me about Satchel Page. Um, and and uh, I don't know if he ever saw Jackie Robinson or not in Negro Leagues. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he told me a lot. So I did know uh, a lot about the Negro Leagues. Well, I didn't, and I just seemed to have Richard Pryor and enjoyed it as a kid. And then I watched Ken Burns' baseball, and I went back and watched this a second time, and I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we're going to start going right now. It's on YouTube or your... If you got it on the DVD, get it. And we are, I'm two seconds in right when the Universal I'm logo. I'm about seven goes seconds through. in. I'm about seven seconds in. Okay, wait. It says the new Three, Universal. Four, presents. five, six, seven. Where it says the new it Universal presents. Exactly. That's where I am. Okay. And we're out there to New Universal Presents. Get ready to start this in five, four, three, two, one, go. How did you like that they started with this old newsreel and everything? It's good stuff. To set you up in the time period. I'm adjusting the... Here we go. We're good. Yeah. 1939-1940. The Munich Accords. This was right before World War II. And yes, that's a real guy. Do you remember reading about him and Ripley's Believe It or Not, Carl? Yep. Yep. But yeah, this was a golden time for... That's a very tricky position. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what the trick to that is? No, tell me. Evenly distribute your weight over the nails and none of them will puncture you. 
If yeah, this happened during war, and look at how packed it is. Those were two of the best, the monarchs and those. They were two of the best. Yes. See, there's Satchel right there. Yeah, that pitch was messing up the white boy so much they made it illegal when he got to the major leagues. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Josh Gibson was with the Grays. Yeah. They Oh, Motown Production. This was the Motown second movie. What was their first, Carl? Was that Lady Sings the Blues? Yeah, Lady Sings the Blues. The Bingo Long Traveling All-Stars and Motor Kings. The Traveling All-Stars are basically uh, a nation like two or three teams. The ones they showed, uh, the famous uh, Indiana Clowns. Based on the novel by William Brasher. I love that. The dollar under there. John Battles. Yeah, one of my one of my boys, right, Carl? Yeah. I I I'm not a huge Battle fan, but this is one of his best films, easily. Oh, I love him. He always pulled in. You know, his movies were never horrible. Uh, uh, I beg to differ. War Games? War Games just aged badly the day after it came out, literally. Yeah. And why did we used to love, why was Baseball King? Just look at them in the stadiums right there. Yeah. Before the strike in the 90s, baseball was like God. And there he is, Bingo Long, based on Satchel Page. Do you think... Do you know any play, baseball player nowadays that could raise a ruckus like that, Carl? No. Oh, yeah. James Earl Jones. I tried to do my research, but they didn't say who he was. Uh... I, would, I would guess Josh Gibson. Yeah.
Talking shit. Knuckleball. All that crap. Knuckleball. Inside ball. Fast ball. All that were created by players in the Negro Leagues and the white boys copied them. There's just no way to get around. That is their call. No insult to Ty Cobb and all them, but if you wanted to see real innovation in baseball, you went and seen the Negro League. Oh, yeah. How do you like that, that, that this movie 
is getting as deep in this as North Dallas 40 did. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is the 70s. 70s were a lot more um, uh, cynical. Ain't that some bullshit? He taking money out of their pockets to pay for that guy. And yes, if you go back in history, this guy was as big of a son of a bitch as they make him out to be in the movies. Yeah. Look at those cars, man. God bless. Uh, they went over the top when it comes to detail for this movie. Yeah, they did. Which is this, another reason why Motown had a big hit. It was a big hit. It made like twice its budget back. But with the amount of details they spent for it, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at this. Yeah. Oh, it's gorgeous. Do you know many of the period films, especially the black ones that were made in the 70s that would go to this much? Cash or the well, yeah, we just saw one. Remember? Uh, uh, the Raymond St. Jacques one. Oh, Book of Numbers. Yeah, but that wasn't as hard to overly elaborately do as this. No, that's true. <laughs> Love James Earl Toad. Yeah, look at those clothes. That remind you of any speech that you know, Carl? Oh, a couple. Especially your favorite one from North Dallas, Florida. 
Tell me about it. We're just the equipment. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it'll talk to but it doesn't believe it. Same day we turn white. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what happened. The P-Roll League players got tired of being fucked. So they started their own things. Mm-hmm. But as we'll get into later in this movie... Uh, no, you can't do it. 
So they were like, well, we did do it. It was some Amish boys. <laughs> and I've always heard those games are God. Well, God. How much would you kill just to watch one of those games, Carl? Are you kidding? Absolutely. Yeah, Satchel Page and all of them. Just damn. And let's talk about how well it's Motown, because of course they always had a great score. Uh, mm-hmm. Ladies sing the blues, great fucking score. This one too. Oh yeah. Is that your man right there, Carl? Talking on the phone, yeah. drinking a beer, and not losing a damn bit about there. <laughs> nope. <laughs> the three jerseys that are in the the baseball hall of fame are Billy D. Williams jersey, uh James Earl Jones jersey, and Richard Pryor's. Yeah, well of course. Research people. Yeah, look up Bertha Butt. <laughs> yeah, Bertha Butt. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'll be right there. Oh, I love those cars. God. God bless. And how much do you think it cost them to get that motorcycle? Oh, man. Hell, I I would kill for that poster. Oh, yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> but yeah, that's what they do. They go into barnstorming was when teams would go in there like this. They come into town. They'd be like the circus coming to town, like an event. Yeah. That's how. Well, didn't the rock and roll bands take up that mantle in the seventies? 
Distributors like uh, Bab, uh, Kroger Bab, that would do exploitation films and didn't take it city to city and town to town. So this whole barnstorming thing is, is, is not a new idea, even by this no. period of time. Where it come from is, in the old days, these guys would go from town to town and help them with the barn. Yeah. And in case you're wondering, yes, this the Richard Pryor's character, that was a real story. There was a black guy that played, I forget what pro team it was, for half a season before they found out he was black. Right. Were <laughs> 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 you blacking it out? Look at that big vicious dog on the porch It's going to kill everybody what this was. You know, we, we we're talking about the Harlem Globetrotters. It comes from the same idea. Yeah. I just forget who was first. I think the baseball was first. Pretty sure. Yeah. That was they were one yeah, the Globetrotters was wondering how they gonna keep from getting killed by playing so good. Right. So they said you know, they took, like, you see what the clowns is doing? Boom. Yeah. Ah, 
Oh, I love this fucking song. This is Thelma Ritter of Turn the Beat Around. But this is the better song, I think. Yeah, it's great. It's a great tune. Great tune. I mean, if you... This scene shows more than anything why the Negro Leagues were so important to the black culture. Oh, absolutely. And look how much showmanship came into the major league in the 70s because of this. The 60s and like 70s. that crazy guy that would, uh, who was it? You might know it. Who would take the ball and just, blah, 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 and like two tons of dust come up. Oh, uh, oh shit. I, I, I know. He was, um, the pitcher. Yeah. And, and he was a sidewinder. What the fuck was his name? I uh, forget, but he would always put on a very theatrical performance. Oh, absolutely. If you're watching this and you don't have a big grin on your face, something wrong with you. Yeah, this exactly. is smile material, and I love that transition. Yeah. <laughs> the double play.
Five percent of what was it? Ten percent of the gate. Fifty percent of the gate. Yeah. Well, don't forget, at his peak, Beirut had ten percent of the gate and five uh, percent of the concessions. Right. Of two big players, and that would be 
one, Willie Mays, and who would be the other one? I don't know. Jackie Robinson. Jackie Robinson, okay. Yeah. Yeah, this right here is Jackie Jackie Robinson, who was, and for us who know baseball doesn't realize what this really means. Mm-hmm. This was really the start of the end of the Negro Leagues. Right. The owners got too greedy, and the players got too good. Yeah. They got to a level of goodness with Jackie Robinson and them that they couldn't ignore them anymore. Right. And isn't that how integration happens and really happens in all sports is when Yeah, he dropped the ball. Yeah, he dropped the ball. Yeah, but when the blacks get so good that they can't ignore them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the nice thing about James Earl Jones is his facial expressions show so much. Uh, those of you who only know James Earl Jones from his 80s work will probably be surprised how good he is here. Uh, he, he's phenomenal. Great White Hope. Claudine. One of my my one of my favorite films, a little known film called Deadly Hero, and he plays a very interesting role in that. The Ambulance. Oh yeah. And yeah, that's based on a real incident. when it's played it's a fun game and it can be I love going to a, to, to a, uh, a stadium uh, a double A or, or a single A stadium just watching them play it's wonderful I love yeah. it and those of us who truly love black exploitation gravitate towards movies like this and promote movies like this a little bit more 
Because these were harder to find in the 70s. Yeah. But, I mean, if you look at these, uh, Claudine, Sounder, mm-hmm. Lady Sings oh, Blues. Yeah. I like I love Billy D. Williams, but I love his non black exploitation action stuff two hundred and twenty times more than his action stuff. Yeah. Esquire Joe, Jackie Robinson. Mm-hmm. I forgot how good the music is in this. Music's great. Yeah, this may be Badham's best film. I mean, everything is just running on full cylinders. Oh, yeah. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Who the hell's that ugly looking guy in the middle? Who is that? Ken Foray! Oh, that is Ken Foray. Yeah, Ken Foray in an early role. That may be the earliest role I've seen him in. Nice. I wish I knew that. I'd ask him about working on this. <laughs> That's cool.
By the way, guess who else is in this? Who? Otis Day. I think he was that old guy dancing, wasn't he? No, 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 no. Otis Day was a bat boy. Otis Day, uh, you know, from um, Purple Rain. Morris? Ted Ross in this, too. What? Otis Day from Purple Rain. Otis, yeah. It's Morris Day if he's from Purple Rain. Oh, oh, okay, never mind. Sorry, my fault. <laughs> but Ted Ross is in this, too. Yeah. This is when they learn to start clowning, so they won't, uh, what's that word? Get lynched? <laughs> yeah, get lynched or killed. Uh-huh. Right here, they're learning. That was, this was the biggest lesson them and the Harlem Globetrotters learned. Yeah, Sally won't lynch us. <laughs> Great time for baseball movies, period. Yeah, really. Oh, we got we got a slew of them. Uh, uh, bang the drum slowly. Uh, uh, the bad news bears. This one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, bad news bears. Yeah, I said that. But yeah, I mean, really. Good stuff. 
Okay, it's freezing up for me for a little bit, so I'm just going to preform here. Okay. This was okay. a big hit when it came out. Yeah. But like I said, they spent too much money. This was like the second film from uh, them. them. And they re-released mm-hmm. this after Richard Pryor got big. Right. And where I've seen this was the CBS late night movie. Now, now, one of the things, too, is don't forget this is after he was up for an Academy Award for Lady Sings the Blues. Oh, God, yeah. This was his follow-up to Lady Sings the Blues. And uh, in Paul Mooney's uh, biography, he talks about how Richard Pryor was disappointed with this movie. He said he wasn't good enough. But that was always one of the Richard's biggest demons. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I just love this whole montage. I'm a little bit, fo- a little bit behind them of them learning how to goof off to save their neck. They have fun, yeah. Which is where they got their name from, the clowns. All right. And if you notice, a lot of the Negro League teams were kind of <laughs> mean spirited. Oh yeah. Uh, the coal miners. Uh... Oh, that that was the Homestead Grays were coal miners. Yeah. And don't forget the Nashville White team, the local team. Do you remember what their name was? Nationals? No, I don't know. Nashville Crackers. Oh, nice. Yeah, and their mascot was a guy, was a plantation owner cracking a whip. Yeah. They had to change that, if you're not surprised. No, not at all. But, yeah, I mean, this was really the literally the last ditch of the Negro Leagues because once they start, you know, the independent teams like this, because once the Barnstormers, once the black owners tried locking them out, in case you was wondering, yes, the black owners work with the major leagues to keep the blacks out of the majors. Oh, absolutely, they did. And why would that be, Carl? Because they were making money, too, and they didn't want want to lose that money. Yeah. And that's one thing you've always got to learn as an artist. Right? Go ahead. You have to learn to play to your audience. Oh, absolutely. Because if you don't play to your audience, then you are fornicated and once you screw yourself like that you can be the Mm -hmm. best damn guitarist best damn baseball player in the world but if you don't play to your audience Mm -hmm. like our audience would we do a whole show and just sitting around smoking weed or 
relationship problems? No, not at all. Who the fuck cares about would. that? Not our audience. Yeah. You don't come into a movie show wanting, you know. It's like a joke I've used. You don't go into a KFC and get pissed off they don't have hamburgers. But if you're running a right. burger joint, you don't serve nothing but chicken. Remember how much uh, shit, uh, what's his name, uh, Bill Sugarfoot Robinson and them got? Yeah. For being, for being uh, Uncle Tom's and being, being, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, dancing, being step and fetches, you know, that type of thing. And, and, and here, they're doing that to a certain degree, too. Yeah. What minute and second are you at? Uh, I am at 51.41. Okay. Tell me when. The white, the, the white guy's getting, uh, uh, his autograph, Esquire's autograph. Uh, yeah, that was probably a shocking incident to them. Like, what? Mm-hmm. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, no, 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 I'm in at the time, yeah. Okay, there we go. Yeah. I'm at 52.16. Okay, I'm I'm a little behind you now. But that's okay. Don't worry about it. But, yeah, I mean, really, once they learn to be the jokesters and make the other guys look good, they made a hell of a lot of money. I mean, really, look how long it the Globetrotters ran for. Oh, yeah. I think they're still putting on shows today. Aren't they still got a real crew? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think they're still around. I don't know that for sure. <laughs> but I do love how the movie shows it like in a connected dots way, rather than just a aha thing. Right. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. Where you talked about there ain't no shine, he's yeah. shining for the white boys. <laughs> he took that out of his own money. 
<laughs> you know how niggas is. I'm sorry it took a little bit to load, but yeah. I mean, I love it that, you know, that's the way it is. You got to play. And yeah, they the clowns created that. And how many times have you seen that given to uh, parents? Well, yeah. As, you know, the exploding baseball. Columbus, Cincinnati. Yep. God, if I was a kid and they had a goofy team, well, I remember that was a big moment of my year, man. When the Globe Trotters yeah. was coming on there. You know what? And, about this and it was a Tennessee team, so screw you. Tennessee's best. But the one thing about this movie I really like is is the the, the camaraderie between Jones and, and and Williams, and just just it, it, it seems real. You know, I yeah, mean, it's they not all acting. seem real when they're having fun and all that. That's hard to get. Yeah. I love it. They can tell James Earl Jones in the big fancy leather outfit. I mean, yeah, the money come rolling in. Yeah. But I love they do not keep out the hints. It's barely there that the end is coming soon, and not in the yeah. way that. I'm at the part where they're arguing He's like you dumb motherfucker You don't get it They making What 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 uh, Where are you Uh, 58.17 I'm way behind you probably I'm at 50 minutes What yeah, I'm back at 50 minutes. What's wrong with the, the Are you getting ads? What what's going on? No, it was it froze up for a little bit. We got storms here. Don't worry about it, man. We still talking. Okay. But yeah, I didn't that just got to me. Yeah. How big a thing was it that a black team could go around and play white teams and make money at it. Then the white folks oh. would come out and pay to see them. 
Because it was entertaining. It wasn't competition. There's a difference between entertainment and competition. Yeah, but Okay, still. and the whites and it considered it entertainment. Yeah, but still, it came down to the biggest thing of all, the only thing that really matters in the end. Which is? Those black guys can make them money. Yeah, absolutely. And I can remember... Oh, you don't realize who that white boy was supposed to be in the white suit, in that hat. Okay, we're way, I'm way past you. I'm with Richard Pryor getting uh, shafted here. Yeah, but here, but you missed that, who the white boy was supposed to be that said, who are you, boy, you're good. Who was it that brought Jackie Robinson up? Right, Branch Ricky. Yeah, Branch Ricky. That's who it's supposed to be. And we, we need got, to sync and, up. I'm way past you. We need to sync up. Where are you? Give me an exact time. Uh, 52.28. And who cares what we're syncing okay. up? We're talking about that. Okay, basically, James Earl Jones is leaving on the motorcycle, yes? Yeah. Okay, good. And there's another big thing about how the Negroes got to go up in major leagues. A lot of the best white boys went over to World War II. Oh, Absolutely. And that was uh, Kim Flory again. Making Babe Ruth money now. Yeah, they are. I'm sure for that fourteen dollars they got the concession stand paid a hell of a lot more. Yep. All right, I'm gonna be right back. Okay.
right here was this was one of the biggest black hotels on the Chitlin circuit right here. And now Smokey Robinson playing the piano. I don't think I call Miss that Smokey Robinson. And this is an integrated club. This was a very rare thing back then. Shot in the beer, yeah. All right, I'm back. Yeah. That hotel that they're staying at, man, that was one of the biggest hotels on the Chitlin circuit. Nice. I, I and it's the integrated club, club, too, which means it's an after-hours club and a legal club. Mm-hmm. I love the interplay between the two. They really work well together. Yeah. <laughs> and it's true. Yeah, it is. Very much so. I love the, this look of his.
What the hell is this junk shit? This must be a bad print. Yep. Yeah, We're I got a couple to, jumps we too. Watch worse. We watched worse back in the day. And I'm talking at the drive oh, in. Heck yeah. <laughs> you better get your ass upstairs. I never realized Kim Foray played such a part, a big part in this, you know. I didn't either. Well, this has never been an easy-to-see film, unless you had HBO back in the days. I mean, it's on DVD and all that. But there was so much crap that came out during the DVD Prime when it came out that... That got sort of lost in the shuffle. Yeah. I didn't... What the hell is he going after him for? <laughs> See, there we go. There we go, Carl. Yeah, we got we got some bad. We, we got a bad uh, prince. No, I'm talking about showing uh, them with uh, the guys in the Amish masks. Oh, okay. That's uh. What Ty Cobb, Babe Ruth, and them did. Because there was no way you was going to let them with big egos as Babe Ruth and Ty Cobb have. Do you think they're going to let you keep them from playing with the best? Well, Carl? Yep. And look at the star on their chest, too, which they always wore. wore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were the Jewish um, they were the Jewish or Amish all-stars, depending on where you've seen them. <laughs> the House of David. Yeah, House of David versus the colored all-stars. 
because how many of the best in baseball back then were Jewish? Not not many. But still, yes, it's we funny. talked about it over the phone. Greenberg was the first real Jewish star. Yeah. And Greenberg. So, so I don't know about your print, but my print is definitely skipping. Yeah, that's probably how they got it on here. Yeah. I mean, they ain't missing nothing big. No. <laughs> oh, and this guy who shot the shotgun was legendary too on the Chitlin circuit. He was the one guy you couldn't skip out on. And now this is uh, a true story, too. They did what they had to do to make the money. Yep. Now what you're listening to, Steal Away, is a great old Negro spiritual. Dates back into the 1870s, 1880s. I've dealt with that.
I'm a pencil potato digging. Yep. Potato bowl. They would do it more subtle down south. Yeah. They would hire somebody to do it. <laughs> right. Uh-oh. Yeah, it's getting it's getting bad now. It's a shame. Yeah, I guess you and I have gotten quiet now because it's just so sad. Yeah. 
That's a well, me, it's sort of sad because I wish I'd be on a fucking Greyhound to fucking Pittsburgh. God damn it! Come back, yeah. Buzz! <laughs> I love that. That unspoken thing right there. Right. Oh, shit, I know exactly what he's doing. I sort of did this to some car, too. It's a long story. What? The baby roost in the... the... Say that again? You pulled a stunt like this? Yeah, yeah, there was a guy in high school that was giving me a lot of shit, and he bought a new Mustang. Uh-huh. And so I had people in the high school cover my ass, including the AV person, and so on and so forth, went out, egged his car, and put sugar in the uh, 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 gas tank. Never ran well anymore. He didn't fuck with me either. Seriously. Educational part of the show, people, which you can't do anymore with modern starters. <laughs> uh oh. Sold it to his brother who owned a used car lot. 
Billy D, I think you're way overclassed here. rather dark, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, it's the truth. Mm-hmm. Okay, Bill Beck from, from the Chicago White Sox did stuff like this. I got um, a uh, uh, catcher. The one nice thing about this this movie is it really does show the the joy of the game, which I love. Yeah, really. 
Yeah, that's really what is missing nowadays is just the joy of the game. Love that pipe. Great pipe. Yeah. Nice. game I think I was talking about the only ever game it didn't have this kind of stakes they made up with the drama in the movie but there was the barnstormers versus the regular Negro leaguers and of course the major leagues appropriated this idea and made it into the all-star game Absolutely. What? The All-Star Game. Yeah. He got hit in the head again and got his voice back. Yep. And that's uh, Marion Barry. Not that, that that's not Marion Barry. He was the the uh, mayor of Washington D.C. for crying out loud. Bingo! That's Marion Barry. Who's playing the announcer? Oh, oh, okay. And there's a reason why there was only one really big all-star game like this in the Negro Wigs, and well, the movie covers that too. It's where that cameo of the guy in the white suit really comes into fruition. I don't know. They asked Satchel and 
And, uh, Jackie, what would he do if he knew that this was really the last big hurrah for the Negro Leagues? Mm-hmm. And they said they'd probably play the same. They'd just be a lot sadder yeah. during it. <laughs> oh Jesus Lord <laughs> And this game was the biggest game that the Negro Leagues ever had. They had to move it into a bigger stadium, man, because of how many tickets. Nice. Because if you notice, that's a pro stadium size. Yeah, oh, keep is. that blur in the background. Naughty, naughty. Oh, and I see another boo-boo, too, don't you? Did you see the screw-up, Carl, which they probably couldn't handle? No. The electric nope. lights in the background, and there's a brute billboard uh, behind Bingo. <laughs> I got it. Because wasn't it in the 60s when they first started having night games? Uh, 50s. Okay. I think. Show how big James Earl Jones is. Oh, yeah, he's huge. Because, really, have you ever seen Ken Forey in person? Uh, no, but he, Ken, Ken's large. He makes me look like a midget. He's tall. He's about six foot four, I think. Well, I'm six three. Okay, six two and a half, so yeah. Yeah, he's tall. I seen him at the last horror realm I was at. And that was another innovation Jackie Robinson brought in. You, how many times would you see before Jackie Robinson outfielders fight the wall? Yeah. True. Sure. <laughs> 
Do you know who that guy was that was just talking to him? No. Smokey. Oh. Smokey Robinson. Ah. Here comes the best <laughs> gag in the whole movie. I would have loved to have seen, and this is definitely one of them. Yeah, true. Well, in one of the games again, when they was playing against Ty Cobb and them, mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. Hey, try to catch that. Some games you watch tense because you're like, oh God, who's going to win? Who's going to win? And there's some games oh, you we watch know it's gonna win. that you're happy knowing that you're just watching one of the best damn games of baseball that you've ever seen. He would get his entire team just to sit down behind him. <laughs> right. Can you think of a bigger fuck you to the batter? Uh, yeah. Psychological mind games. Oh, that's absolutely. Knuckleball. 
<laughs> nice. And who was that, the first black? One-armed baseball player. That's what I would do. Oh, absolutely. If I got somebody like that that's going to hit like a mother, I would home. I would definitely walk him. had a couple of times in baseball moves. That's, I, I think it's the first time where they tried to watch someone and he, he, he swings into it. Well, I've seen that happen in uh, real baseball, too, haven't you? Yeah. And in case you're wondering... Yeah, this movie really doesn't have a happy ending, does it? Nope. It has a realistic ending. Well, time frame. Good. <laughs> yeah. Right here. <laughs> I 
Well, that's the end of an era. And that's what this yeah. is about. Oh, no, I mean, the League of Their Own. Richard Pryor's character's face. What? Yeah. I said the League of Their Own has the same feel to it at the end. Yeah. And he didn't. No, he didn't. Yeah, we're going to go into overtime. Sorry, we're not saying too much in the com- commentary. This that's is, a well, damn we're good just movie. in this ending. I love it. Hmm. This is another one like with uh, The Brood that doesn't end where you would expect it to. No. You know? True. 
honestly, I would say both Billy D. Williams and James Earl Jones was like a combination of Satchel Page, both sides of him. Yeah. And there we go. And really, that was the end. Oh, my God, I love that. Yep. And, yeah, this really was the end of the Negro Leagues right here when Satchel got signed. That was the end. They lasted maybe about five or six, four or five years after this, didn't they? About two, yeah, three or four, I think. Yeah. Oh, Billy D. Williams, James Earl Jones. I'd, I would kill for a set of those cards. Right field, Richard Pryor, Jeffrey Brown, Birmingham Sam Bryson, Rico Dawson, Leon Wagner, Tony Burton, John McNurray. I love they got them as baseball cards, don't you? Stan Shaw. Yep. Stan Shaw's good. The owners. Yeah. Ted Ross, Ross, Mabel Ross. King. Big Bertha Butt. <laughs> Elvis <laughs> Children. That's right. There he is. Yeah. Goon, Kim Foray, Carl Gordon. With Anna Capri, Sonna Grant, Jennifer Harrison. Chester Harrison. Yeah. I thought that's who that was. You know the guy at the beginning that tells him about, you know, how to the strut and that sort of thing? I was yeah. Chester Harrison. Chester yeah. Harrison was a choir director. I knew him. Yeah. He was a customer of mine at, at uh, Music and Arts. I got to talk to him a couple times. Then he was on uh, All Men, the um, yeah. show with uh, Sherman Henson. Yeah. And he played the choir director there. Nice. God, this song is just so good. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, I love that it had that bittersweet ending because, really, it was. They had the first Negro League All-Star game, and it really was the only one because as soon as Jackie Robinson got to the majors, there was like a feeding is- prince. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And sadly, Bingo Long, a.k.a. Billy D. Williams, was one of the last ones picked. Yeah, it was. And 90% of the teams that had him, had him on his teams because he was Satchel Paige. Well, you know, I told you the story uh, off the air. Um, I was born in 58, and it was like 1963 or 1964. I do not remember it. But my father, uh, uh, we were living in Pittsburgh, and Jeanette, and uh, he took the family out 
to see a ball game with the Atlanta Braves. And this was the last yeah. team that Satchel Paige was on. And we got to see Satchel Paige pitch. I was maybe about four, four or five years old. Um, yeah. I don't remember it. But I, that's a story that has come down the family all all the way. So, yeah, my dad loved, you know, as I said, he was really enjoyed the, the Homestead Grays and, and, and the team in the Negro Lakes. So, yeah, very cool. It's maybe, I don't know if this is our best commentary, but this one is one of the few that I'm sad that the movie's over. Yeah, really? I wanted more time with those guys. You know, it's such a good, you know, the thing is, it's such a good movie. And and the one thing about a baseball movie or any sport movie, you know, if it brings the joy of the game to you and the joy of playing the game, not the athleticism, but the, the joy of just being out there and having fun. And that's what this movie does. Yeah, you know, and baseball is, is more akin to that. Baseball movies and football movies, but yeah, yeah, but not as much as this one. Most, uh, you know, this one is just ninety percent about the joy of it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it really could have been a real sad, depressing movie all the way through, since it was. Well, if you really know your baseball history, you know that this movie is not going to come to a happy end from the beginning. But right, the clowns did a while, did work for a while because their style. You know, the Harlem Globetrotters did mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Well, that's what it was. It became entertainment as opposed to competition. I brought that out earlier in the commentary. Yeah. yeah. It, it has become competition or else they get killed. Yeah, exactly. And plus, they were that good that they could goof around and still kick the white boy's ass. Exactly. And when you get to be that good, there's no way that <laughs> Major League is not going to bring you guys up. Mm-hmm. Yep. You think it was uh, a fluke that... Branch Rickey picked World War II to bring up Jackie Robinson? Oh, no, not at all. He knew exactly what he was doing. I, I, I do have to give a shout-out to 42 as the film. I think yeah, that, that's that a, good a pretty good job. It's a good one, and, and that tells you the transition for Jackie Robinson himself. Yeah, no. and really, the World War Two was a bo- was a boon to baseball. As in, you got the only time ever you still don't have it nowadays. The Women's Professional Baseball League and the Negro mm-hmm. League breaking the color barrier because they were stars yep. for talent. How many times yeah, have we exactly. said that in every situation? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you need that's when content, the big boys if you are need that what? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, if you need content, if you need people to keep the league going, whatever the case would be, you 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 need to do that, and and that is prime territory 
for you know moving up and you know from the Negro leagues to to, to the uh, major leagues, vice versa. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And before we go on to the spiel for the next upcoming show, the I'm going to give a Ty Cobb quote. Okay. What do you think is going to happen when the black man gets fully integrated into Major League Baseball? A bunch of white boys is going to lose their jobs. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> and Thursday Absolutely. we'll be doing another film that probably will be we'll be talking to it like it's a big grins on their faces throughout the whole movie and that is Terrence Young's underrated classic only because it hasn't got a good edition because it is in public domain. Why I don't fucking know. I'll try to dig that is- issue up. Okay. Well, hasn't that, hasn't that always thought bizarre that that movie is in public domain when all the I other Halloween modern films aren't? I don't I don't know why I don't yeah. know why, but it, but it's been impossible. I, that's the holdup with the Criterion that they can't release it because they haven't figured out the rights thing yet. And. We're going to be watching Red Sun with me, Carl, and Vicky Love. And Saturday, you can get jealous now. Okay. Me and uh, Fred Gorey are going to be doing a movie. What do okay. you get, Carl, when you put Crooked Trees, an old stoner hippie from the 70s, and a, and a burnout director from the 90s, screwed over so bad that he basically quit filmmaking for a minute, for a few years. And someone who makes... What? For more than a few years. But go ahead. Yeah. And what do you get when you put all those together, Carl? Well, let me ask you this. Is there a sous-son of H.P. Lovecraft involved? Yes. <laughs> that, that would be the color out of space. Face. The best nice. horror film come out so far this year. I I was lucky enough to see that in the theater, and it, it's yeah. wondrous. It's a really good film. Enjoy it. Well, it's in the top. It's been in the top five of Amazon's VOD movies, even with these big twenty dollar movies. Ever since it hit. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. And, and uh, if I could just interrupt, I'll be doing double duty on, on Thursday because we're going to record Red Sun in the afternoon. But in the evening on DLN, I'm going to have film historian and, and uh, reviewer Noel Vera, uh, who's a native of the Philippines, and we're going to be uh, discussing Filipino uh, cinema. And that's going to be a really primer. interesting, too. And what? A Pinoy primer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's nice. I should have thought of that. But anyway, so so we're going to be doing that on the DLN at 8 uh, p.m. EST on uh, Thursday. And what's your workhorse doing on Friday? 
He's doing video games. And that would be out of parens. And he's going to be doing video games on Friday. And, and, and that's the cathode ray mission is, is his show. Is he only doing video games or just video game movies or blah, 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 or the whole nine no, yards? No, video games. Games. Not movies, games. Okay. He's a gamer. So and I won't we won't have a show Sunday. It's just I haven't got it locked down yet. I try to act like I'm professional, yeah, really. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we're nice rolling. chances will be a pulled out of my ass episode. Oh God, get the deodorant, please. Good Lord, not another fart show. <laughs> <laughs> no, because if we was gonna talk fart scenes, we'd have to be like Blazing Saddles, and how every other fart scene is not as good as Blazing Saddles. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and with oh, that, good, good night. Stay inside, and I'm hoping that you're enjoying the content. Oh, by the way, you didn't tell me what the outro is. Just push the end thing. Oh, no, American Anthem. Look for National Anthem. National Anthem. National Anthem, hold on. Hold on, let me get there. Let me get there. Come on. National Anthem. Okay, I'm getting there. Give me a second. I want to be Jessica Rappin, Mr. Lobo. There we go. Okay, here we go. And good night, everyone. everyone. Come on. Our national anthem. It signifies that KNBC observes the high standards of programming and advertising recommended by the Television Code of the National Association of Broadcasters. To see better TV, watch Channel 4, a TV code station.
Good night, everyone. <laughs>